We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics. Whatever you want, yo, we have it. Cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up married cinematography honestly let's just talk about like how the characters were fun married a film critic so i married a film critic welcome to so i married a film critic i'm your co-host julia and this is barry the film critic hello everyone and tonight we decided to watch the animated film from 1982 the secret of nim yeah this is a this is a big one for me um, Don Bluth's masterpiece. I didn't have the chance to see this in the big screen, but uh, this is, I think, I think this is one that my parents rented. And I just I remember watching the video cassette a lot whenever it popped up on HBO, like just again and again and again. Um, when it's, it's, it's one of my absolute favorite movies. We just recently shared it with my daughter. I feel like she's old enough and she found it very enchanting and funny. Um, and I'm always just thrilled out of my mind when I watch this movie. I, I just, I love it so much. Um, Don Bluth famously was an animator at Disney. Um, and he was an animator at Disney uh, at, at the most unfortunate time. It was one of the most interesting times in the company's history because Walt Disney had died in 1967. And after that, it was this thing of like, the company's going, what are we doing? And they didn't really know. And they were basically just trying to do whatever was popular. So at one point, they tried to make the next Star Wars with the black hole. They tried to reinvent science fiction with Tron. Uh, they were doing movies like The Fox and the Hound and The Rescuers. And that was when Don Bluth was there. And he really wasn't happy. And a lot of the animators weren't happy. They're going like, this. Like we came here to make Pinocchio. This is not Pinocchio. The Rescuers is not that good. And they were working on this movie called The Black Cauldron, which no one liked. So Don Bluth had this walkout and all these other Disney animators went with him. And he basically started his own company. And, you know, with, uh, with, with money from investors and from what he had, they spent years adapting this, this book, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim by Robert C. O'Brien and turned into their first independent little, uh, little film. And they showed sections of the film to help raise funds for completion. They got a really respectable voice cast. They got this extraordinary score by Jerry Goldsmith. And the film came out in the summer of 1982. And like a lot of films that didn't do well that summer, um, the blame went on E.T. Because it was like, well, everybody went to see E.T. that summer. Yeah, you know, well, they didn't do the greatest job, as we know, looking back in the archives. They didn't do the greatest job of promoting The Secret of Nim. But it's found its fan base and it launched Don Bluth because everyone who saw the film loved it and said, like, this is like, especially compared to what Disney was doing at the time, it, it was light years ahead of anything that they were doing. The sophistication of it, the expression of the animals, the just the emotional power of it. Um, and Disney would eventually have that with Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. They would eventually get to that point. But this was a decade ahead of that. Don Bluth was was doing something really special with animation. Um, I think this is his, his greatest achievement, and he has a lot. Mm. I also loved this movie as a kid, and I still love it. Um, it came out when I was two, so I never got to see it in the theaters. But I remember watching it a lot when I was younger and kind of thinking parts of it were a little bit scary. It is. Yeah. So I wasn't sure yeah. how our daughter would... <clears throat> Um, respond to some of the more intense moments, but she seemed fine with it. She's seven now. So um, if anybody has a child around that age, this might be a good time to introduce this one if you want, if you've been wanting to. Yeah. I mean, I was the exact age she was when I first saw it. Um, and likewise, I mean, there are some scenes I always found to be really intense or really startling, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. So we open up with Nicodemus, who's this really old rat <laughs> writing in a like magic book with his magic writing. <laughs> and he says, it's been four years since leaving Nim, you know, and so he's got this red jewel necklace and everything is very sparkly and kind of magical. And then the, you know, music comes up and we get the opening credits. Um, so we're really kind of like, where are we going with this? Like, yeah, it's pretty this wild. looks pretty cool. Then we um, we open up on a farm, and we have Mrs. Brisby, who 
is frantically looking for another rat named Mr. Ages. And she's a mouse, by the way. Yes. She's a, you know, I love, they're, the, they're all, yeah. I love this character because, <laughs> yeah, she's a single mom. She's raising these she's kids. She's a widow. She's a widow, excuse me. Yeah. And um, there's so, so many things about her that's so amazing. And then you're like, oh, by, by the way, she's a mouse. She's a mouse. She has four little mice children. She, her husband's <clears> been gone for about a year. Yeah. And she's frantically looking for Mr. Ages because um, her son, Timothy, is sick at home. And so, you know, Mr. Ages is just like, oh, I can't help you. What are you doing? What are you doing here? And um, finally, he gives her medicine and says that he has pneumonia. He needs to stay in bed for three weeks. And they keep. she's like, well, moving day is before that. And so now we're left wondering, like, oh, no, Timmy's sick. Moving day is coming. What's moving day? Now we're in the drama. This old uh, mouse that she visits, his name is Mr. Ages. Um, and the fact that Mr. Ages is a scientist and that he's able to provide medicine and has all these. Oh. It's a real indication of like, okay, this guy is highly intelligent. Yeah. If anything, it's a tip off of, he of goes, what the movie's going to tell she us. She goes into his little <clears throat> lair and there's like bubbling cauldrons yeah. and. Yeah, beacons and whatnot. I don't suppose you would remember me. Yes, you're Mrs. Brisby. And I'm sorry about your husband's death. Now, if you'd excuse me. Mr. Ages! Great Jupiter woman, what do you want? Mr. Ages, I know you don't like visitors, but this is an emergency. Please. Mad- <laughs> Madam, that is an emergency. Oh, Mr. Ages. My son, Timothy, is so sick. Timmy? The one with the spider bite? Uh, well, just give him some Pepsisawa. No! No, he's sick with a fever. Uh, well, I suppose I could fix up something. Oh, thank you. Uh, follow me, but don't touch anything. Understand? Oh, I want to... I do appreciate Just how high is his fever? He's burning hot to the touch. Mm, yeah. He's soaking wet with perspiration. Yes. And there's a raspy sound when he breathes. A raspy sound, you say? By the way, did you notice who did the voice of Mr. Ages? No. This is the weirdest thing. I don't know. This is the third time we've covered a movie, this guy, in the last couple months. This is Arthur Mallard, who played Toodles in Hook. Oh. And Robin Williams' partner in Toys. Oh, that's funny. We just can't stop talking about this guy. Yeah. Toodles. <laughs> I've lost my marbles. That guy. Yes, he's Mr. Ages, and this is a big role. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, so uh, Mrs. Brisby is, like, so grateful Mm -hmm. to get the medicine, and she's heading home. She meets Jeremy the Crow on the way, and he's, like, all tangled up in string. And he's supposed to be kind of the movie's... Comic relief. Yeah. And you know what the movie needs? It. This is a serious film. Mm -hmm. It's really serious. It's very dark at times. Um, I, I... you know, and, and it's Dom DeLuise. This is back when Dom DeLuise was one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, one of the biggest comedy stars. Um, I love Dom DeLuise and everything he ever did, and even even some of the dumb movies he did. But he's, I think he's wonderful in this, and I, the character is a really great bit of levity. I didn't mean to frighten you. Oh, <laughs> you didn't frighten me. I was just sort of working out. <laughs> you just broke my concentration. That... You look more like you're all tangled up. Uh, yeah, I guess that's enough exercise for one day. (laughs) Besides, I'm really after this terrific string. I'm working on a love nest for two. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, I see. You have a girl. Well, not really. I mean, I haven't found Miss Wright yet. But when I do, the whole world will hear us singing. (laughs) Excuse me, pardon me. Well, you keep making all that noise and Dragon will hear you, if he hasn't already. Wouldn't you sing too? I mean, if you felt... (laughs) If you felt the call of the wild, but... I would... I would not, if I knew there was a cat nearby. But... But she's out there, somewhere. And when I find her, I'll feel it way down in my wishbone. I... What cat? Dragon. He belongs to Farmer Fitzgibbons. Look towards the house. See if you can see him. Come on, back down here. He'll see you for sure up there. Hey, there's a cat out there. Quiet. Does he see you? No. (laughs) Yes. 
stand perfectly still. Everything's fine. He's headed right for us. Don't panic. Fast or slow? Medium. Make that fast. Very fast. I have to go now. Excuse me. I... <laughs> so he's all tangled up and, and she's like, Dragon the cat is coming and... You know, he's just being loud and obnoxious. And um, then Dragon does come and there's a little tussle. There's a there's a chase. Um, she loses the medicine and she's crying because she's like, what a, what am I going to do with Timmy? And uh, Jeremy's like, oh, you dropped this uh, envelope. And she's like, oh, my gosh, it's Timmy's medicine. It's just a very sweet, you know, thing. And um Jeremy is trying to learn how to be a gentleman and he's he's basically trying to attract a mate. And he's got no game. Yeah. And his relationship with Mrs. Brisby is slightly flirtatious, although it does become more brother and sister. But it's the movie kind of goes back and forth with that. She, he kind of becomes like another child to her, though. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And she treats him with this motherly affection. And he's like... I need tips on how to treat the ladies. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, this sequence where Mrs. Brisby and Jeremy are chased by Dragon the Cat, it's a, another indication of how strong this movie is. What an action sequence. Mm-hmm. The choreography of it, the throat, the fierceness of it, the intensity of it. Uh, the Jerry Goldsmith score is incredible. It sounds just like Peter and the Wolf at times. Um it's fantastic. There are so many scenes in this movie. Like, this is a great action movie for an animated film. It The the action is so clean and well choreographed and fierce and violent. Yeah, great stuff. Mm. So now we're... we're- <laughs> We're at Mrs. Brisby's home. The the kids are they they kind of live in like this concrete box, I guess. And Auntie Shrew comes by, and Auntie Shrew, I don't know if she's related to this family, but she's a like kind of a bit the busybody. She's mouse. kind of a Cassandra. She's a dooms doomsdayer, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and the kids are like Auntie Shrew, and she's like, you children are. Yeah, I can't believe how disrespectful you are. And <laughs> moving day is coming. And where's your mother? And um, Mrs. Brisby, Brisby comes home and she's like apologizing for her kids. But, you know, she's just overwhelmed. And, you know, then we get to see sick Timmy and she feeds him his broth. And he's just like, the kids are like, is he going to die? And you're like, oh, my gosh. This- and two of the kids are Shannon Doherty and Will Wheaton. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, wow. That's so cool. Exactly. Um, now we see the farmhouse, um, and this is when you realize that this whole movie takes place on this one farm property. Mm-hmm. There's the farmhouse, there's the field, and Mrs. Brisby's house is in the field, and then there is um, a rose bush yeah. that we learn about that's mm-hmm. not too far from the house. So the farmer's wife answers a phone call and a man from NIM wants to know if we notice anything unusual about the rats on the farm. And as she's talking to her husband, the rats are like stealing electricity from the house and taking it into the rose bush. It's such a funny and striking visual because it's outside of the house and the shades are drawn and we quickly see these rats on two legs all working together to pull this these Christmas lights off and running past the window before they can be spotted. And it's such a funny thing because it's, it's absurd. It's strange. Um, and by the way, yeah, the, the, the farmer's wife drops it. That, yeah, it's NIM, the National Institute of Mental Health. It's like, oh. oh. This movie's called the, the Secret of the National Institute of Mental Health. This is, yeah, this is not like most other children's films. <laughs> right. And her and the <clears throat> farmer are kind of like, no, we, what? The rats? Like, no, it's fine. Tell them nothing's going on. Yeah. So then the farmer gets his tractor started and Auntie Shrew runs around warning all the animals like, you know, it's moving day, you know. It's an extraordinary sequence. All these cute animals who do look like they're right out of Disney films, they they put their heads up and they start stomping on the ground and warning each other. And 
the emotion is fear. These animals are petrified. It's it's very watership down. It's like okay, this is this is incredible because we're not used to see outside of Bambi, we're not used to seeing forest animals who are adorable uh, in a cartoon looking like they're scared to death like this. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Brisby hands the three kids to the shrew and and makes her way for the tractor, climbs on. This and scene is amazing. And by the way, Disney ripped this scene off a decade later in The Rescuers Down Under. You this yeah, you're right. Very, and I love that movie, by the way. It's one of my favorite Disney films. But yeah, they totally, they ripped, totally this, ripped it off because they're like, oh, no one's, no one remembers The Secret of Nim. Let's steal from it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a great sequence. Yeah, so the, Mrs. Brisby and Auntie Shrew then comes they to take help down her. the tractor. Yeah, yeah. They, she basically unplugs the gas, mm-hmm. and so it stops running. And um, but you can see that as the tractor's going around, like dirt's falling down on Timmy's head. Like every time I mow the lawn, I always think of this scene. I'm like, <laughs> oh man. The roaches and the bugs and anything that's like living right there are so angry at me. They're like, moving day, run! <laughs> and I'm just like with my lawnmower, like zippity doodah. You know, just like mowing the lawn. You're singing zippity doodah? Well, oh, no, I wouldn't. That's, do- that's I can't good. see. I can't do that anymore. I get canceled. No, I, I mean, a whole new world. That's what I'm singing. Yes, I mow the lawn. That's it. That's hilarious. That's it. So, um,. Yeah, she stops the tractor and basically saves her family at this point. And yeah. this is a continuing theme throughout the film. But oh my gosh, yeah. Then we see that Nicodemus is watching her through his magic mirror. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on? Like, why do these... Why do these rats have like... Yeah, they, like Merlin. Like, this, this guy is clearly modeled after Merlin. Yeah, so... Oh, I have here that the, the Auntie Shrew tells Mrs. Brisby to go to the Great Owl. Right. And we're like, who's the Great Owl? And and Nicodemus is like, yes, go to the Great Owl. This is a great idea. This will lead her in the right direction. Like, he's just like, I, I mean, who is Nicodemus? What is going on? Yeah. Um. So Jeremy flies her there and... You know, she's like, this is a bad idea. Like, owls eat mice. Like, why am I doing this? Um, We also, it's also pretty clear that, um, well, I'll get there. But the owl, like, hears hears her and he's like, step into my house. So so she's so freaked out. And um, Mm. Mrs. Brisby, she goes inside because she keeps saying, like, this is for Timmy. Like, I'm doing this for Timmy. Yeah. So the gray owl... Um, she, she tells him what's going on. He's like, just move your family. Like, obviously like, and she says, um, there's no other way. He's like, there's no other way. But then he finds out that she was Jonathan Brisby's wife. And he tells her to go to the rats in the rose bush and they will move her house to the Lee of the stone. And so basically we find out like every time people find out who her husband was, it's They're like, always amazed. These like doors yeah, like, open oh, for her. She, yeah, her husband was a hero. Yeah, and he means so much. And it's and we'll we'll get back to it because I don't want to mm-hmm. jump too ahead. Yeah, but it's it is interesting that like why why would he why would the great owl know th- know this? Yeah. And by the way, this scene is scary. I love this scene. It's scary because a spider ascends and is about to eat Mrs. Brisby, and there's a close up of the spider with his. Not only does it have like the the multiple fangs, but it's salivating. Yeah, it's about to eat her, and suddenly this big giant owl foot steps on its head and the owl reveals himself and he's got glowing yellow eyes yeah, it's like glowing. this is this is horror movie stuff this is great yeah he, this, this movie's not afraid to scare a child i love yeah. it <laughs> that's how i honestly like i respected these kinds of movies as a kid with dragon slayer return to oz like these movies were not afraid to terrify me these are the films i respected and i went back and i watched them over and over again so it's like okay this film isn't trying to hold my hand it's trying to scare the pants off of me and yeah. well done so um, now Mrs. Brisby is trying to find the entrance to the rosebush and Jeremy is keeping lookout in disguise. And she tells him, like, she's like, Jeremy, like, you, you're basically, like, going to lose my cover here and Dragon's going to, like, see you and come, like, terrorize us and kill us. And she's like, oh, 
you know, you should go hang out with my kids because you're strong and you can protect them. So she's always trying to get rid of him, (laughs) which just makes me laugh. So Mrs. Brisby finds the entrance and there's like all these electrical lights and it's like a whole underground world. Yeah. I mean, I've told you this is, I've shown this movie to many film classes over the years, but this sequence where she first enters the rose bush, I've shown about 15 minutes of this um, just taken out of context to some of my classes, particularly when I deal with animation. I'm like, look at this. Look at the storytelling. Look at the grandeur. Look at the imagination. Look at the richness of the animation. This is before CGI became a part of animation. And we're looking at drawings. They look like beautiful illustrations from children's stories. Um, yeah, there's a depth here. It's so beautiful and it's so rich and the watercolor and the and the the the, the starkness of the the, you know, the rich the depth of the color. Mm-hmm. It's just breathtaking. I love this part of the movie. So we see like a guard rat named Brutus tries to block her way and even tries to kill her. I think he's trying to scare her, but I mean, it looks like he's trying to kill her. It's a it's yeah. another great action sequence. Yeah. And then she runs into Mr. Ages and we're like, what's Mr. Ages doing down here? Yeah. But um, she tells him the story of the owl and he's like, you saw the great owl? I mean, even he's amazed that. Like, she went there and, like, lived to tell about it. Yeah, no um, one talks to the owl. Yeah, exactly. So then Nicodemus sees her coming through his, like, magic looking glass thing. And he's like, now I can repay Jonathan. And you're like, what is happening? So Nicodemus talks um, about Jenner and saying that he could do her harm because he has a lust for power. So, okay, we're just hearing like Nicodemus is like Yeah, in you her know, and, and, and for me this is a masterpiece, but you know, I don't know. It wouldn't have hurt to have actually introduced Nicodemus when Mrs. Brisby meets him for the first time. Uh, yeah. There's so much exposition that he's going through. It's helpful, especially if you've seen the film more than once. It puts everything together. It sets things up. It does. And it it, it makes for cleaner, faster storytelling. But nevertheless, I agree with you. This stuff with Nicodemus is so weird. It is jarring when suddenly it's like he's looking at a crystal ball right out of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know, and we're like, he's watching the movie we're watching. Exactly. Yes. He's watching yeah. us. This watching is a her. good film. <laughs> oh, I'm going to rewind that part with the flying. I like this. <laughs> um, so Mr. Ages takes Mrs. Brisby to Nicodemus. Um, but Justin sneaks upon... sneaks up on them and takes them like kind of like takes them on a little segue to this meeting that has started and so Justin is the 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 captain of the guard yeah captain of the 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 rats and Mm -hmm. he's the definitely the love interest I mean Mrs. Brisby is completely smitten with him immediately okay this is well yeah of course he's a stud and he's voiced by Peter Strauss who has that studly voice so they take her into like this you you had a good way. Like, what did you describe this meeting as? Oh, it's it's Arthurian. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting because especially what we learn about the Rats of Nim, but it's interesting that their society, they're operating like it's Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, what shall we do with the rosebush? We shall go to the great... You know, it's it's very... The, the, way, the way they're... The way they're speaking, the way they're dressed, it's almost like they read King Arthur like, this will... We'll do this. Yeah, exactly. This is our society. Yeah, I mean, even though they're they're obviously scientists and they live in this technological world that's incredible, full of electricity that they've stolen, and they've made like this bond layer of a world with all this incredible technology. But yeah, they're they're dressed like it's like again, like it's King Arthur and and Merlin and and, and Knights of the Round Table and Sword in the Stone. So the meeting is really about their plan to stop stealing electricity from the farmer, and it's like. Some of them want to stop stealing and some of them don't. They're like, we're not rats anymore. We could take those humans. I'm like, really? How many rats are down here? And like, you think you're going to like overtake humans? Like, It's fascinating. I mean, they're having like moral. Like, you guys are rats. Like, anybody got any cheese? Like, you guys are talking about like. I'm having a moral conundrum. Yeah, like, Should we be stealing electricity from a farmer? Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Like it, it's kind of like the ratatouille thing, where it's like, you know, we don't steal food in this. In the Secret of Nimitz, we don't steal electricity. You know? Right. I mean, if anything, like Templeton the Rat, be like, you guys are too sophisticated for me, man. I'm gonna go like, <laughs> gonna go skirmish through a garbage can. You guys can talk about ethics. So we find out that Jenner, who's the bad guy, is, yeah. is scheming and agrees to help move her home. But um, 
it, yeah, we'll find out later. But um, Mrs. Brisby goes to see Nicodemus, and this is when it all comes together. Yeah, she enters Nicodemus's lair, and yes. lightning and and bolts are coming and out of wind it. Wind, it's yeah. it's super cool because it's like okay, like electricity isn't just a source that they're stealing. I mean, it is. It is. It's like the spice and dune. It is everything in this world. And mm. Nicodemus, um, he has. He uses what I would say is magic. But the thing is, I would almost say it's like it's an elevated form of electricity. Yeah. If anything, Nicodemus is like tripping out on the electricity. Like this guy <laughs> is like smoking electricity. He's like you know, he's eating electricity. This guy is just like can't get enough of it. And his eyes glow yellow like the owl, which yeah. we'll still go back to. But yeah, he. Uh, um, it's a very tender moment where he explains to Mrs. Brisby how well he he hints. Well, he says, "Go read, read, read from this book." And so she finds out that Jonathan made the rats escape from Impossible, and he was killed while trying to drug Dragon the cat. But then, but the question I asked you is like, wait, did Dragon kill him, or did the farmer? We, we don't know. Kill him, catching him. Yeah, like yeah, we, we don't, don't know. And I was like, I kind of would like to know. Yeah, I kind of wish they'd be a little more specific about that. Yeah, because Mrs. Brisby's like, I never knew what happened. It's like, yeah, neither do we, Mrs. Brisby. <laughs> Ask some I, more specific questions. I, I think it's implied that Dragon killed him. I, I thought it was Farmer Fitzgibbons. No, I think I think it's the cat, especially with his seventies stash. Like oh that gosh. guy's guilty. So then. Now she's going to basically watch a movie in the magic mirror. So, oh, you'll love this. Yeah. I got a video cassette attached to so This is great. Nicodemus shows her Nim, and it's like <laughs> the street rats were captured by, what is it? The National... The National Institute of Missile. This scene is so powerful and disturbing. It is like you're in a different film. It's so grim. Mm-hmm. And you see scenes of animals in this lab. They're being given injections. There's Again, they're afraid. It's like, wow, this is an animated film. Yeah. And it's showing these animals that are cute, but they're scared out of their minds. And it's heartbreaking. And you, know, and you kind of don't care about the rats until it's like, oh, yeah, these rats are being tortured. There's this striking scene where the camera kind of goes into the rats that's changing. Like DNA. After, after Yeah, you see it's, yeah, it's DNA altering. And then this striking shot I've always loved where it's a close-up of a door. And it, 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 the close-up, it's on this, this little uh, this lab rat door for a while. And you're like, why are we looking at this? And then you see this little hand come down and opens the door. It's, yeah, because oh, they, le- so they cool. learned how to read. Yeah, learned to read. Like, who taught you? They just... Like, they, no, we could just read. They, we began changing and then we could read. That's how, that's how it happened. They're, the injections made them intelligent. We started with the back of a cereal box, and then we read Chekhov. Like, <laughs> okay, movie, whatever. <laughs> kind of need someone to teach you how to, you know, the vowel sounds. So there were... So, okay, so they had rats and mice, and they... You think they were like, fragile <laughs> Just mispronouncing everything. <laughs> I think it's exit. No, it's exit, guys. <laughs> That's true. How would they know grammar? Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. There's some very strong drugs they were they were yeah. shot up with. So, but what was sad is that um, all of the mice, except for Jonathan and Mister Ages, get like sucked into this what a like ghastly detail. And this movie has confidence in its storytelling and its great storytelling. But it's like, gosh, this is this is devastating stuff, especially for kids. Yeah. Yeah. How many mice died, got sucked into an air shaft, and only Mr. Ages and, and, and Mr. and Jonathan Brisby yeah. survived. So, wow. That's yeah, it's so, crazy. Oh, man. That always hits me. But then, it, but then uh, the thing that hit me, too, and I was telling you about this, I always think about is because, again, like, Nicodemus is tripping on this electricity. His <laughs> eyes are yellow for Pete. They're glowing yellow. But then it goes back to, like, well, the owl. And I think about that because the owl has glowing yellow eyes as well, and the owl is 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 stunned that he's in the presence of of, of Jonathan's wife. Uh, wife, and and it's like okay, like well, what does this mean? Did the owl have a connection to Nim? What did he escape from Nim? Um, or has the owl just been eating these Nimrats and now his <laughs> eyes are yellow? He's like, yeah. oh, I, I shouldn't oh, yeah. be eating these Nimrats. No, my the eyes mice, are... He ate all the mice that they got sucked through the shaft. They were delicious, but now my eyes glow, my turds glow. It's <laughs> terrible. Everybody knows I'm coming because they can see me glowing. My, yeah, it's, 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 
Yeah. So I'm a nuisance. I think I that was my theory, was that... He's just been eating the... The mice that got sucked through the shaft. Yeah, he's like, oh. Because they were already dead, so he just had like a... He probably ate them all in like one sitting, and then he went through the transformation, and his DNA changed, and then he learned how to read, and now he has glowing eyes. Oh, man, is the sun out? My eyes are glowing. Everything's so bright all of a sudden. I'm an owl. This is not good. <laughs> Does that mean Nicodemus was eating rats, too, or mice? <laughs> is, is he like a cannibal? <laughs> yeah, it's... Thank you. It's... it's. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, but I think it is a visual clue as to, you know, like the significance of the owl. The movie doesn't quite tell us. It really doesn't. It's yeah. a bit of a mystery. But I do love that the owl... Who is clear? I mean, there's there's mice bones everywhere in his in his lair. That's true. Clearly, he's been eating, eat, you know, in and feasting off of mice. Um, but even he's like, oh, yeah, I eat those things. But oh, that one, that was a good one. Yes. <laughs> I didn't eat him. And... So okay, so now we know the secret of Nim. The secret of Nim. There we go. And so it's does, animal testing. It's like yeah. animal. Be like wow. Like but like more than just animal. Can you testing? imagine Don Bluth? Like okay, so. So go with me here. It's a cartoon, and it's animal testing, right? And at one point, we're gonna we're gonna kill all these these mice. They're okay. gonna get sucked down an air shaft. But it's the National Institutes of Mental Health. So obviously, like these experiments, we're dealing with like the brain. Yeah, like maybe like it's, it's like well, it's for you know, it's it's for Alzheimer's research. Yeah, exactly. it could have yeah. been for something like that. Which again is so dark. It's I know. Like, wow, that's you know, that's so bold. I, I love it. Love it. Well, I mean, honestly, like you know, they do. It's plausible. They do animal testing. Yes, we on, know they have mice and rats, and yeah. they're maybe somebody, maybe like one of the Don Bluth like animators. Like was like married to like a scientist or whatever, and they're like, "Oh man, you wouldn't believe." Well, it is based on a book by Robert C. O'Brien. I think in nineteen seventy one. Yeah, it came out in nineteen seventy one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. It is based on a book, so yeah. never mind. But I love that. that your idea. Like, well, they did work at Disney, which had mice. So <laughs> you wouldn't believe what went on at Disney. We're gonna make a cartoon about it. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna try to. They try to like this is that was their plan to like take Disney down. No. <laughs> Well, th- there was a period where Don Bluth and Disney were constantly going head to head. And it was really cool because Don Bluth was winning most of the time. Don Bluth, I mean, how bold. Disney had this middle of the road movie. Maybe you all remember Oliver and Company. It's okay. And they and Don Bluth released The Land Before Time the same day. Oh. And Land Before Time smacked it down. Yeah, Land Before Time is way better. An American Tale was the top grossing animated movie of 86. And the Disney movie, The Great Mouse Detective, also a mouse movie, bombed. What else? Oh, uh... Uh, Don Bluth had Anastasia come out in the fall oh, yeah, of so 97. Well, that movie still kills. It's fantastic. If you're listening, it's like, I haven't seen Anastasia. I was some kid. It's fantastic. See Anastasia. But anyway, Disney was like, we're not just going to like let Don Bluth have all the action. So they re-released The Little Mermaid that same weekend. And Little Mermaid didn't do well because it's like, we own this on video cassette. We don't even see this in the theater. Yeah. So it, it, Don Bluth was like killing it. He was a, a, a serious threat and a serious competition to Disney. Until a couple things. For one thing, Pixar happened, mm. and Bluth was never able. You know, he just he doesn't make those kind of movies. And then, unfortunately, it really is unfortunate because, like, I think Don Bluth. I wish he was still, you know, in this in this game anymore. He isn't. But he did a film came out in the summer two thousands called Titan AE. I recently revisited it. It's not great. Mm. It it incorporates CGI animation. It's a sci fi film. Matt Damon and and Drew Barrymore the voices in it. It's just uninspired. It's um. It's not good. And it was one of these things where it was supposed to be a live action film and it was given to him. He's like, well, I do animation, so I'll, I'll make it into an animated film. But it really it wasn't a good project for him and it was such an expensive flop. And that was it. Mm-hmm. He now runs a theater in Arizona. And uh, my father has been there many times. And he says, like, yeah, like, you know who Don Bluth is? I'm like, yeah, Dad, American Tales, Secret and M. He's like, yeah, Barry, it's great. You walk in there and there's this old man who hands you popcorn as you walk to your seat. And it's Don Bluth. Oh, we should go there someday. No kidding. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. And he's teaching. He teaches online animation classes. I keep getting notifications about the fact that he does this. And he's, you know, he's he's no spring chicken. And he still teaches classes uh, for animators who obviously grew up with his work. So God bless him. He's a, he's a great man, great artist. Okay, so back to Nicodemus. He gives Mrs. Brisby the sparkly red stone. And it has the power when worn by a heart of someone brave. So we were like, okay, this thing has powers. She's obviously brave. Someone stone and electricity would say that. (laughs) It will energize your spirit. (laughs) Um, It's like sucking on AA batteries. And then we find out that Nicodemus tells her like Jonathan didn't tell Mrs. Brisby because he wasn't going to age as fast as her. That's fascinating because he looks young in the flashback. And then here's another question I have. Okay, so, you know, because again, like when we meet Mr. Ages, he's like a mad scientist. Okay, that's very unusual for a mouse. That's an indication that Mr. Ages is clearly one of the rats in him. But then Mr. Brisby married Mrs. Brisby. I mean, these mice got married. Isn't, is that an indication of, of higher intelligence? Because well, I mean, I think it's... I, I'm a mouse, so we're yeah. going to have a wedding. We're going to have a cheese spread, but then we got to get it legal, right? Well, so we got to go to the justice it, of the peace. I don't know if they did that. I mean, that's a very, you know, that's a very, again, like intelligence in this world is they're kind of adapting human qualities. Right. So it's like, I, I think it's, it's because it, who else in this movie is married? The farmers. That's it. We don't meet any other mice I mean, couples. Well, I don't know. I don't know if any of those Arthurian rats are also married. <laughs> Maybe their wives are at the home. The old ball and chain is at home making gruel for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Jenner is scheming that he wants to kill Nicodemus with Mrs. Brisby's house, which is so horrible. Because he wants to stay and keep stealing electricity. I love this character. He's clearly modeled on Iago from from Othello. Um, the the eyebrows indicate immediately that he's a, that he's a bad guy. And yeah, love this great character. So let's see, what's his name again? Justin. He is taking Mrs. Brisby home, like getting her out of the rose bush, and she volu- on her way out. She volunteers to drug Dragon so that. You know, they can keep stealing electricity. And this is the job that Mr. Ages did and failed. In fact, it went so badly that he broke his leg. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she tells Jeremy to gather string to move her house. She um, she goes into the house with, oh my gosh, Justin. And, and it's interesting. He says, um, while you do this, this this scary, this impossible mission that she has, mm-hmm. you know, hold my cape. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because that's another thing about the Rats of Nim. They're all wearing clothes. Yeah. Because Mrs. Brisby wears a cape. But otherwise, in this scene, Well, no, like, he just tells her, like, don't – you don't want anything to get caught. So yeah. So she takes off the cape. She takes off the sparkly necklace and she, like, hangs it But do you think up. that's another aspect of being a Nim rat? Like, all of a sudden, it's like, we're nude. <laughs> we must get Arthurian robes. <laughs> Naked? No. Nudity. I don't know, but she gets caught trying to poison Dragon's food. And, um, like, the little boy, you know, that catches her. And then yeah. they put her in, like, a cage. And, Bird cage, too. Yeah. So she hears the farmer talking to Nim again. And they're like, we're going to bulldoze the rose bush. It's like, how does Nim know that the rats are there? Is the farmer in on Nim, like, is, does he work for Nim? Like, how did this? I think Nim is down the street. I think it's like one of those little towns. You know, like, I mean, you and I have been to like places in Kansas where it's like they've got this one factory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, where was it? Greeley, Colorado. They've got that one meat packing place. That's where Eric Schlossinger wrote Fast Food Nation. Yeah. It's based on this one meat packing place in Greeley, but the whole town stinks of this meat pack. So I think it's probably like one of these little towns, like, yeah, everybody works in NIM, you know, either you're a scientist or, you know, maybe you're a janitor and it's right down the road. You know, it's like the big factory or a big building rather. And what and then, the farmer's place yeah, is like down the, next the road. thing. And I'm sure those, those NIM guys are like, uh, okay, so the good news is the rats have genius IQs. The bad news is they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> and we think they're living in this farmer's house because this farmer's talking about these weird, uh, uh, you know, electrical, electrical like, thieves. Yeah, the, the, these these thefts happening. 
Okay. Well, I guess that that can make sense. So yeah, they're probably like, okay, like don't worry, Mr. Farmer. Like, we'll, we'll we will kill and exterminate those rats for you. Yes. So now we see the rats are moving the stone house, and Jenner's like planning to cut the ropes. It's very dramatic. It's it's a rainstorm, and you know it looks like a scene of a like a Cecil B. DeMille epic where these rats are very slowly. A little like, bit you know, like the the rainy scene in Dumbo. Yeah, you know where yeah, they're yeah. trying to set up the, yeah, the, the, the circus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm sure Don Bluth is like, "Aha! We can do this better than you, Disney. We don't need you and your black cauldron." <laughs> so Jenner cuts the ropes. The house falls and kills Nicodemus. Well, yeah, I mean Jenner, yeah, slices against the ropes yeah. right at the moment. Yeah, kills Nicodemus. It's yeah. it's spectacular. It, it's, it's it's so devastating. It's really sad. I kind of thought he was going to come back to life, to be honest. Well, the guy is tripping on that much electricity. Yeah, you'd figure he would be like, I'm still alive. (laughs) I'm immortal. So Mrs. Brisby, you know, she escapes very heroically. It's an amazing scene. Yeah, because she cuts herself and she's bleeding. Like, wow, something you never see in a cartoon. I know. So she she goes back, puts her cape on, gets her necklace. She's going to warn them that Nim is coming. Jenner and... Yeah, she gets up and starts yeah warning them. She becomes like Norma Ray. It's great. <laughs> and Jenner's like, oh, we can't have that. Uh, you know, a, a yeah. smart mouse. But Jenner is fighting with Justin, right? And Oh, man, this sword fight, it kills. I love this scene yeah. so much. It's so violent. It's so brutal, and there, it's like well choreographed, and the 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 sky. I mean, it, it takes place at night, but the sky becomes dramatically red. Um, it's like the world is reflecting on the emotions of the scene, and the Jerry Goldsmith score is so exciting. Like, I mean, I lose my mind when I see this this scene. I really do. It's like, oh, this is like such a killer sequence. Yeah, love it. And okay. Mrs. Brisby shows up and she's like, Nim is coming. You know, she's trying to warn them. And they're like, she's lying. Like, who? we're not going to listen to her. But then Jenner. And she's not wearing any clothes. <laughs> she's a decent. <laughs> then Jenner sees that she has the stone. Yeah, and he loses and his he's mind. he's yeah. like, I want that stone. But then. Um, and he becomes. He's it, it, interesting because for a moment he becomes very animalistic and rat-like when he yes. attacks her. Yes. And then. You know, there's a whole thing like Justin strikes Jenner and then Jenner. He's like, forget decorum. I want cheese and I want to kill. <laughs> Jenner dies when another rat like throws Oh, up. man. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, yes. It's, it's, it's so violent. Like, oh, man, this movie is crazy violent. I love the 80s. So now that Jenner's gone, the, you know, they're like, we're going to, they're like, we can't move the house, but the house is fine. Like the kids are fine. But then it starts sinking. And I... I got to tell you, like when this, when this house starts sinking and you see the kids inside in the mud and they're freaking out and, you know, Mrs. Brisby is just like, I mean, her whole life is inside. Well, the kids are inside and we see them drowning. Yeah, we see them. Jeez. I forgot about how strong this is. Yeah. I mean, you're watching a mother like. Yeah. And the mice on the outside are struggling to get this stone from some stop sinking in the mud. It's like something out of Titanic. But yeah, there's a shot where. The stone is basically completely submersed in the mud, and Justin is with is is holding her back. Yeah, and but we're seeing it on her face. This mother has just lost her kids. Like she's lost everything. Yeah, and like the animation. And I gotta say that we haven't mentioned Elizabeth Hartman, who's so brilliant as Mrs. Brisby. The performances, everything, like the emotion of it. Yeah, I agree. It, it really got to me too. Like God, this movie. Like it. It not only is it so technically. It's perfection, but like the emotions. Yes. Every time I watch this film, I'm always so drawn into it. I think the it. first time I've like really seen it since being a mom, and mm. I was just like, okay, I I really felt that. Yeah. yeah. The thing about this character that, and why I love this character so much is like she's she's terrified of all these scenarios that she forces herself into, but she's so brave. She's mm. so incredibly brave. So then the red stone, it had gotten into the mud. It flies out of the mud. To Mrs. Brisby. And she's like holding it. It's like burning her. And she like the power of the stone just like 
I don't even know how to describe it. It is a bit contrived, admittedly, because the movie doesn't quite explain. Again, like it doesn't really explain how the magic works, or even if it is magic. Right. But in any case, yeah, she's able to. It's it's right at. It's like the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really, is what it is. So she's able to like the the house. You know, she does a Yoda. She lifts the the house up, and the kids are all magically resuscitated, and yeah, moves it to the safe place. And and what I love about it, because yeah, it's a cool scene. The the music is gorgeous, and it's there's a lot of you know lights and 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 what electricity (laughs) but then um she the music gets quiet the house is saved she passes out and the other rats are looking at her like uh what do we do now uh should we get the the teamster rats involved uh can we can we go home (laughs) can we we go back to the rose bush does anybody have any cheese i mean i'm starving we've been Moving this house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the next scene is basically... The epilogue. Everybody, like, outside, and Timmy's okay, and he's like, can I come play? And she's like, no, you have to stay inside. You're not you're not 100% yet. Um, Jeremy meets another clumsy crow, and they go off and have a love connection. And this is Edie McClurg. This was the... This not only the, uh, the secretary... In uh, of the high school in Ferris Bueller, but she's the one who's who uh, can't give Steve Martin his car in Planes, Trains, oh, and Automobiles. Yes. yes, it's her. It's Edie McClure. I love as that. the as the other crow who, who Dom DeLuise runs That's into. What a funny. wonderful pairing of those two. So then she says, you know, oh, the rats left for Thorn Valley, and like they left the rosebush, and they they like went off, and I'm like, Justin left. That's crazy. I like that. I do. I think it's a poetic touch because, you know, it's realistic. It's like she doesn't need a man or a mouse. She doesn't need a mouse. Um, He's a rat. Sorry. She doesn't need a rat. (laughs) Get it straight. My gosh. (laughs) She's a widow. She still is mourning the loss of her husband. She's a great mother, obviously. And she's more than able to take care of herself. The only thing she really wants is her family and to maintain that and have a home that she can feel good about. So, like, it, it does seem like oh, it's kind of a simple victory for her, but it's a huge victory for her. Yeah. So, yeah, she doesn't need Justin. It's like, yeah, you go and you go do your thing with your weirdo electricity rats. I'm going to stay here and have a normal <laughs> life like a, like a regular field mouse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You guys go suck on some Energizer batteries. I'm going to have cheese and like steal from a garbage can. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's great. It's simple. It's like, yeah. Um, Because she's, you know, she's a mother and she's extraordinary at it. And, you know, she's brave and she's strong and she's, there's nothing she can't accomplish. I don't know. Like leaving the characters like this, like, yeah, like she's, she's one of the strongest characters in the film. She's one of the smartest characters in the film. So it's like, yeah, this is, this is the ultimate happy ending for her. And her son's not going to die of pneumonia. Yeah, that's true. That was the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with everything, even though it's like (laughs) the secret of Nim is like such a crazy story behind what Nim is, you know, the heart of this movie is about a widow just trying to save her kids Yeah, and keep her family together. Exactly. And, that's what I love about it. Even though there is the, like, the magical elements and the science elements that make it cool and there are the music is great and the mm-hmm. action scenes are great, you know, the heart is what keeps you coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about animal abuse. It's about, you know, outside forces, specifically human forces, you know, abusing nature, abusing, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's right and natural and good about the world and, uh, you know, how that you know it's like it's this contrast between what ma- what makes us animals and what makes us conscious and good on some level um because you know the great owl is you know he's still stepping on a spider's head and eating gross things and he's still this weird but he has compassion for this mouse and it's really remarkable that he's able to do that mm-hmm. by the way john carradine one of the great horror film actors of the mm-hmm. of the late 20th century yeah john carradine does the voice of the owl a lot of great voice talent in this movie so would you change the ending at all uh, I like Paul Williams. You and I touch the sky. That's Paul Williams who did Rainbow Connection. Mm. No, I, I wouldn't change a frame of it. I really wouldn't. I, I love this movie so much. I mean, like I said, like the, the Nicodemus stuff is weird, but like, 
you know, the film has a lot of myth-making. It has a lot of, like, world-building to do. So I'm fine with all the weirdo Nicodemus segments throughout the film where he's basically just dolling out exposition and tripping on electricity. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. How about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing now watching it again and, like, really paying attention to, like, all the plot points, um, I would, I do want to know if Dragon killed... Jonathan Brisby. And it would have said, I mean, you know, and then and it winds up being neither here nor there because Dragon, as I, we were talking about, like Dragon is not like Lucifer in uh, in Cinderella. He's mm-hmm. not, uh, there's no comeuppance for Dragon. I mean, Dragon gets, I mean, he's tripping out on the drugs that Mrs. Brisby gave him. But like he isn't killed. Dragon doesn't become a part of the climax. And at the end of the film, he apparently is still alive and, and on the farm. Probably still a menace to the, to the Brisby family. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting that Dragon becomes a plot point or just another threat. Well, he's not getting drugged anymore because the rats left. So they don't, they're not stealing electricity. So yeah. he's probably not. Maybe he's less of a psycho. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, maybe the drugs they gave him, like, turned him kind of crazy. Maybe his eyes will start to glow. Mm. Maybe the great owl will get him. Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be a really good meal for the great owl. <laughs> They're like the same size. <laughs> Is this going to make my eyes start glowing again? I got to stop eating these animals. I got to get out of this farm. It's Fitzgibbons. I got to get away from Nim. These animals are radioactive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I wouldn't change a frame of it. I, 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 It's my favorite hand-drawn animated movie, to be specific. Um, yeah, it's my. I mean, it's my favorite animated film, but like in terms of this style of, I mean, it's like, you know, pen to paper um you know where people used to draw these these movies picture I would by say picture. It's in my top five of favorite animated films too. Do you have a one you prefer? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just curious because this is this is it for me. When people ask yeah. me like my favorite cartoon, my favorite animated movie, yeah, Secret and M. It's it's nothing. Yeah. I think it's better than anything Disney really has done in the 20th century. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I think it's that yeah. good. No, I I agree with you actually. I mean, Don Bluth, you know, he was just like, you know, I mean, talk about putting his his you know his mouth where his money is, so to speak. That's this whole thing of like, look, like I'm working for Disney. This was the dream, and I don't like the movies that Disney is making right now. And I feel like we're wasting our time. We could be doing something that's rich. We could be doing something that Walt would have loved. And yeah, I, I feel like. This is every bit as dark and incredible as like Pinocchio was or Dumbo was. Like it has that kind of emotional richness to it. And that's the key to it because there are, there's animated films where it's like, yeah, the, the animation's great, but who cares? Who cares about any of these characters? I'm not going to remember this. It's just filler. It's just a babysitter. You know, a lot yeah. of these movies are like that. And this is like, yeah, I mean, we're adults and we're watching this, you know, and I, I you know. Well, I would say like Up and Wally kind of. Yeah similar tugging on the heartstrings. Yeah, know. there's a depth to those stories yeah. and those characters. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah. Maybe those would be in my top five. Yeah, no, yeah. For yeah, I mean Wally and Upper, I think, are the two greatest Pixar films. I used to feel that way about yeah. Finding Nemo. I don't anymore. No. And uh, I think Finding Dory kind of ruined my enthusiasm for Finding Nemo. All the Pixar sequels of the last few years have been been real duds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we did it. Yeah, I think we did. Um, if, if you haven't read the book, um, and I have, I have actually have a copy of it with me. It's very good. There's no magic in it. Um, it's very straightforward with the storytelling. It doesn't have the due sex machina of the of the, you know, the magic at the end kind of intervening. Um, it's wonderful though. It's great. Um, it is a mad. It, you know, again, it has like it has the grit and it, it's uh, and it's Mrs. Frisbee in the book. It's Mrs. Is- it's called Mrs. Frisbee in the Rats and Him. All right. All right. Five stars for me. I think it's one of the... Five? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. It is. Wow. You break in your five-star rule. Well, you know, if I come... You know, when I when I occasionally write those lists of like, whatever, my 10 favorite films or my 20, 30, 50, whatever favorite movies, this is always near the top. And it's always whenever I'm like, oh, I got to do an animated film. Well, Secret of Nim. That's it right there. Well, I think that concludes our discussion of The Secret of Nim. Good night, everyone. Good night.